I'll open up in prayer. Father God, we thank you so much for um, just teaching us through your word. And I pray that you would teach us well in the next few moments, that uh, that you would just um, open our eyes to what your word has to say. I pray that you would be sensitive to this topic of depression and that um, you would, uh, if we're suffering from it, that, that uh, you would just teach us how to suffer well through it. And that you'd also, for those those of us that just have friends or family that, that deal with it, I just pray that you would use this lesson to um, inform us and uh, ultimately uh, use it for the good of, of those that suffer from it and also for your glory, God. So we ask you to do this. We pray for anyone else as they are on their way, that you keep them safe. And uh, yeah, we look forward to what you have to say to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, cool. So uh, some of you guys were here for last week's lesson, right? Depression. So uh, do you guys remember like what were some of the things you took away from the lesson? Let's do a quick review. <clears throat> Anything? Symptoms? Wait, what are, what are some of the symptoms? Um, feeling worthless. Uh-huh. Um, uh, oversleeping. Mm-hmm. Not getting enough sleep. It's either or. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I have a... Let me see. Let me pull this out. Um, so, like, yeah, some of the symptoms were there, like, just... Uh, like weight loss, weight gain, fatigue, uh, feelings of worthlessness, stuff like that. Um, there's w- one thing that I was, uh, as I was like studying this, was like how how um, how common it is depression. So, like I like I thought that you know like maybe like a few people, small percentage of people suffer from it, but actually uh, a, a very large number of um, people around the world suffer from depression. And um, if you look at just if you look at depression on a, on a looser level. Uh, or it, with a looser definition, actually, like all of us are going to suffer depression at one point or another. Um, so that was that was one of the things that that I pulled as I was studying this uh, topic. What else did you guys uh, remember? Do you guys remember some of the causes? There's like. <laughs> actually i think a lot of you guys weren't here last week um like physical um it, it could be just uh, uh physical things that that cause depression it could be um circumstantial so if something bad happens and it hits you hard it could be um spiritual it could also be um like feeling abandoned by god it seems like god has just lifted his presence from from your life so these were some of the things it was just like the frequency like just so many people suffer from depression some of the causes and then um and uh, what we want to do is we want to point ultimately to how the, what the gospel does to address this issue of depression. So one of the things that the Bible is really realistic about is the reality of depression. So if you read through the scriptures, a lot of people, they, uh, you'll see that a lot of people they, in the scriptures, um, they have some effects of depression. So I'm sure that there are some that, that today would be uh, diagnosed as clinically depressed. So um, And also just like the, the reality of... Uh, depression is and we read psalm 88 where there's just this like very it seems almost hopeless the tone that is is uh that the psalmist writes is just like how bad it really gets and it seems like there's no answer to it so uh a lot of the people that suffer from depression they are it feels like there's like no light at the end of the tunnel 
it's just like dark and black and there's no color to life there's you don't feel anything um, and I think that this is what's maybe um, so the psalmist was talking about in Psalm 88 and actually there are some other psalms where it talks about how these psalmists were just like they they it's like life stinks for them um, and we're going to read at the end of this lesson we're going to read one of them but um, yeah so that's just a quick review uh, I guess you can uh, listen to the previous lesson and find the handout on uh, our website. So anyways, so let's get to uh, our next, uh, or part two of this. Um, I'm going to ask, uh, Tub, can you read our first, the first uh, scripture on the top of the page? Psalm 42? Yeah, Psalm 42. Okay. Um, why are you, you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Uh, hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you. All right, cool. So here is this, here's a psalmist who feels cast down, and uh, he says, like, he's kind of talking to himself. He says, hope in God. So if you guys have ever, I don't know, like, you know, so, like, if, you, if you're working out, um, do you guys ever talk to yourself? <laughs> like, one thing that, like, I, I hate, hate, hate to do is I hate to jog. Like, they're just, like, of all, all the things you could do while exercising, um, like, most of them I can tolerate, but then when it comes to running, I hate running. And what I, what I what I find myself doing is I'm talking to myself in my head. I'm like giving myself like many motivational speeches because every other part of my body is like, don't run, don't run. This is terrible. Um, but I, my head, in my head, I realize that I need to run if I want to be healthy. I need to do. I need to uh, put one foot in front of another. So it's just me telling myself over and over and over. Uh, keep on running when every other part of my body is screaming no you don't have to run so this is what the psalmist is doing he's saying like the circumstances may tell me not to hope in god um the, my 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 depression may say you know all hope is gone but in his head he's telling himself hope in god so he's looking forward to to uh to coming to a better place so if you look at the uh if you continue on after he says hope in god he says i shall again praise him so it may not be that he is at this point praising god he still might be in the middle of his darkness but he's looking forward to the future and he's saying yes i may not feel it now but i'm hoping in god and that causes me that 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 reminds me it assures me that there will be a day sometime maybe next week next year maybe in a few years, maybe at the end of my life where I will praise God again, where I will see light again. So I think this really sets up for us how to look at depression. So if uh, in, the, in the darkness of, of, or the deepest pit of depression, um, I hope that we develop this, this ability to talk to ourselves, to um, tell, tell ourselves the right things that will cause us to continue to hope. Right, so uh, this is where we're getting at. How does the gospel relate to my depression? So, John, like, can you read this uh, quote by John Stott? All progress in the Christian life depends upon a recapitulation of the original terms of one's acceptance with God. Thanks, recapitulation. So, what John Stott is saying is, this is a, a quote in his book, The Cross of Christ, and um, what what he's saying here is. Everything in our life has to go back to the fact that God, we were, were completely accepted by God. So for this topic of depression, 
we need to consider what is our standing before God. So how does the gospel re- relate to my depression? So I have a, so I'm talking about spectrum here. So there's like this. So let's say this is like super happy, you know, yay. And here's like super sad. It's like, <laughs> it's not supposed to be Chinese like sm- frowny face. It's supposed to be like his eyes are downcast. Oh, here I know. Look on the other way. Look on the other way. Like, yeah. Oh, so not an angry sad person. Yeah. yeah there, we go. there we go. Oh, there we go. All right. <laughs> so. Reverse slanty. <laughs> so in in looking at depression, we are we need, we need to consider like the broad spectrum. So what the gospel does is. It, it opens up the entire reality of our existence. So uh, depression will say, you know, I want to be here. This is what my goal is. But the <clears throat> fact is that I'm here. I'm really sad. So um, so we, we try to think of things in terms of, you know, if there's some way I can pull myself over in this direction, it might be medication. It might be like watching some comedy movies or it might be, I don't know, like hanging around people that I like. <clears throat> The gospel says, you know what, wherever you are in this spectrum, it's way, way, way worse. So I have some points here. It says, uh, the gospel looks at the broadest spectrum of reality. So, and our sin would deserve even worse than the deepest depths of our depression. So, this is what we need to hear, is that maybe secular psychology or... um, People who don't understand the gospel, they may they may think, well, you know, um, we can come up with solutions to sort of pull you on the other end. But the medicine of the gospel is, no, you realize the depth of your sin. And as a sinner, you deserve way worse than the depression that you're suffering now. You deserve way worse than um, your miserable life here on this earth. The gospel says, no, your condition is way worse than that. You deserve worse than that because you have rebelled against God, because you've uh, consciously uh, turned away from God. You deserve more than that. But our next point, God took the initiative to rescue us from what we deserve. So, um, which leads us to our next point. Because we are in Christ, we will receive far better than we can even imagine. And I have this quote here by John Piper. Uh, can I have Tony? Can you read this? Uh, it's kind of a long quote, but do you mind reading this from? Yeah. Start at the easiest place for all those in darkness. Start with despair. Despair of finding any answer in yourself. I pray that you will cease from all efforts to look inside yourself for the rescue you need. I pray that you will do what only desperate people can do, namely, cast yourself on Christ. May you say to him, you are my only hope. I have no righteousness in myself. I am overwhelmed with sin and guilt. I am under the wrath of God. My own conscience condemns me and makes me miserable. I am perishing. Darkness is all about me. Have mercy upon me. I trust you. All right. So John Piper is saying, what you do is not, is not, you know, like uh, on on SNL, there's this, uh, I think this was before some of you guys were born, but it, it was in the, the 80s and early 90s, I think, where there was this guy who, uh, he would look into the mirror, and he would sort of, like, talk to himself, and he would say, um, if he was feeling down, if he was feeling kind of worthless, he would look in the mirror and say, you're good enough, you're strong enough, you're um, smart enough, and gosh darn it, people like you. And 
that made him feel better. And this is what a lot of us uh, might think, or maybe other people may tell us, is, you know, to pull yourself out of this, you don't, you don't, you um, talk yourself into thinking that you have some sort of worth, that you have some sort of, there's something good in you, um, and that's that's sort of like self-esteem picking me up will help you overall, and. That's how I think uh, naturally a lot of us think is just we got to like think about, you know, we're actually not that bad. If we're feeling worthless and you know, that's what we'll tell ourselves or if the um, or if like the situation around us is kind of crappy, we might go, well, you know, it's that's the situation isn't isn't as bad as it could be. So um, so and it'll probably get better. Um, so you'll just tell yourself that. But what the gospel says is, no, it's. What what the reality is, is that it should be way, way worse. Um, but because of Christ, uh, here John Piper says, when we, when we realize that, we cast ourselves on Christ. We cry out to God. And this is the beginning of coming out of this darkness. And I think this quote is um, from his book, uh, When the Darkness Will Not Lift. It's just like short little book. So if you guys want it, you could probably find it for free on the Desiring website, DesiringGod.org website. So, um, yeah, so, the, so for us to to consider depression to for us to deal with depression what we do is we start what what piper says here is we start with the darkest place we start with despair and we realize that despair is where we really belong and actually the uh kind of the interesting thing about the christian life is um god loves when we are in our darkest hour god loves to work in our when when we've when we realize that nothing else around us is working, when we're at the end of our rope, when we are feeling completely crushed and broken, that's when God works in our lives the best. Kind of interesting. Um, so I have this uh, uh, little point here. If you're outside of Christ, this life is as good as it gets for you. So um, even if it's like the most awesome, you know, billionaire, playboy type of life, or even if you're just... Uh, someone struggling with every aspect of life, like health, finance, relationships, everything. No matter how good or bad it is, this life is as good as it gets for you. Um, and when you die, it gets a lot, lot worse. But for the Christian, if you're in Christ, this life is the worst that it will get for you. So no matter how bad it gets, the Christian can look to the future because of the hope that the gospel provides. And he can say, this. no matter how good or bad this life gets, this is only the beginning. Um, it gets way, way, way better after this life. Any questions or comments here? Agree, disagree? Any? Does it start to connect? Okay, let's go on to the next point. Um, know that you belong to Christ. So in our depression, this is one of the things we need to understand is that we belong to Christ. So... Uh, we have this here. This is um, question one from the Heidelberg Catechism. So this is uh, one of the things that we I think we've read in, in service before. But uh, it's uh, the question is this. I'm going to... Uh, the question is, what is thy only comfort in life and death? Uh, Michael, can you uh, read the answer, please? That I with body and soul, both in life and death, and not my own, but belong unto my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ, who with his precious blood has fully satisfied for all my sins and delivered me from all the power of the devil and so preserves me without the will of my father, my heavenly father not a hair can fall from my head yea that all things must be subservient to my salvation and therefore by his holy spirit he also assures me of eternal life 
and makes me sincerely willing and ready henceforth to live unto him. All right, thanks. So one of the things that I, I want to pull out from this is that uh, it, this, this answer <coughs> affirms that we don't belong to ourselves. So um, what are the implications of us not belonging to ourselves? It, it means that there's someone else responsible for us, right? Um, so with that, it, it says here, um, this, is, this is one of the bases for our comfort in life is that we have someone, we have a loving father that no matter how bad things get, we can know that he is in loving control of our life. So, um, you know, I was thinking just back to your earlier point about how, um, um, for the Christian perspective, it's always that um, this is the darkest night, right, before the dawn. And uh, it reminds me of uh, the, the Lord of the Rings series, right? Because, as you know, if you read, if you read all the way to the end, Tolkien talks about how uh, the end of the story is so happy mm -hmm. and so full of deep joy. But it was only possible because they went through this mm -hmm. incredible ordeal yeah. um, where everything seemed lost, mm -hmm. everything seemed dark. And, uh, and I think, you know, obviously Tolkien's writing from a Christian perspective, and it's kind of weird, but that it makes the, um, the eventual joy deeper and richer mm -hmm. that we went through first, the dark valley, yeah. you know? And so it's kind of a weird paradoxical theology, right? Mm -hmm. that it's not that depression or uh, disappointments take away from our happiness, they actually enhance and make our happiness deeper, mm -hmm. right? So that the, the darkness is part of the happiness. Right. That's yeah. the, uh, uh, so, so as we go through <coughs> the darkness, it is, it is making our happiness, eventual happiness, mm -hmm. that much better. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. And, and uh, um, actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought up, brought up Tolkien because we will actually read a quote from him later. Um, Lord of the Rings is sort of like, it, it's, it's like, like uh, it's so expansive and it covers like so much of what we want to say as a church, I think. And um, so we'll, we'll, uh, we'll actually read a quote from Tolkien later. But yeah, like it is like, you know, like the, the little hobbits running around and they're like, well, like there's one scene where they want to give up. Um, and we'll actually like uh, read this later. But um, yeah, there's this, there's this really famous scene in the movie which uh, Peter Jackson, it's not actually in the book if you read it, but Peter Jackson, I think, brilliantly captures like the Tolkien spirit. But at the end of the second movie, um, they're like, um, I forgot where, uh, they're, what's the river city, Yvonne? The, the <laughs> <laughs> book nerd. But anyways, what happens is, um, what happens is the nine riders, right? The, the, they come <coughs> swooping in on those, those like flying dragons. And then they survive the attack, and then um, um, uh, Frodo wants to give up. Frodo's like, oh, so depressed. And there's this really beautiful speech that Peter Jackson writes for Sam to say. <coughs> and Sam's like, you know, every story has this part where, like, it's really dark. And then in the end, you know, uh, the hero emerges. And he's mm -hmm. like, we're part of that story. And it, it encourages Frodo so much that it allows Frodo to keep going on the journey. Yeah. And uh, I think, like, that's what... Christianity does for us. It tells us we're part of the story. Mm -hmm. And we're in the dark part. Yeah. We're in the part where everything seems dark and the enemy seems about to overwhelm us. But that's what makes the story so great. <coughs> yep. I mean, if you don't have Christ, then you don't have that promise of the story. Mm -hmm. You just have 
you know, it's like um, it becomes darkest right before it becomes pitch dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like at the end of the tunnel, there's an oncoming train. Right? <laughs> 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 All right, cool. Thanks. Yeah, um, and we'll uh, we'll actually like talk more about this later on. So yeah, that's that's a really good point. Thank you. Um, depression is light and momentary. So if those for those of us that have um, gone through depression, this may seem like a very like trite thing to say that depression is very light and momentary because if you've ever felt depression. Um, and the little tiny bit that I felt was like, this is not light. This is not momentary. This sucks really, really bad. Forever. Yeah, it's like you feel stuck. Like, and it just, there's, there's, dep- I mean, like, the way that, that we might think when we're depressed is there is no hope. And for someone to tell you, like, this isn't that bad, that's an insult to your, to your, what you're going through, right? You just, it, it completely invalidates um, what you're feeling and what you're going through. But how can we say this? We're, let's look at what Paul says in Second Corinthians. Second um, Corinthians 4. Uh, Jeff, can I have you read the, this verse, or these, this passage? So, so we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing us for an internal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient. The things that are unseen are eternal. All right, thanks. So Paul, um, if you have read through what Paul has gone through in his ministry, he's he's been shipwrecked, he's been beat, he's been abandoned by friends, he's completely exhausted by all the work that he's doing. He's traveling these thousands of miles. Um, he's imprisoned, he's... Uh, probably mal- malnourished, and he also talks about a thorn in his side that we don't know what it is, but it could be, it could be, uh, it might have been depression. It might have been some physical pain that was just uh, that he couldn't escape from. Uh, and of all the people that could talk about something being light and momentary, you would not think that it's Paul, who for for these years and years and years he's been suffering for the gospel. And here he says um, he he recognizes that his 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 person, his physical body, and maybe his his head, it's wasting away. But he says that this is a light and momentary uh, affliction, and like Michael pointed to, it it it, it uh, prepares us for glory. And it's really interesting how he describes this glory. He says it's an eternal weight. This glory is going to last forever, and it is there's just there's just solidness, and there is this um, like something can grasp onto this glory that you have and I don't know exactly how I might describe it accurately but Paul says um, whatever you're going through whether or not it is depression um, it is light and momentary so um, I, I think that's interesting because like the way a lot of times people try to comfort you if you're going through difficulties they say oh I'm sure it'll get better mm-hmm. um, and they don't know <laughs> yeah right it could get worse um and they're trying to comp- they're trying to say, well, something will turn around, and you know maybe your second job loss, you'll get a job in a couple of weeks or a couple mm-hmm. of months. But that's a really glib and very superficial yeah. um, statement. I think the the gospel tells us something really deep, which is that whatever you're going through, mm-hmm. that thing is preparing you for glory, and yeah. that's really I think super encouraging mm-hmm. in a way that I'm sure it'll get better. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, thanks. It's um, that reminds me like I was a. Uh, I was talking to someone who, um, she she was uh, sort of like 
um, complaining about the fact that she, like, uh, she was in her, like, mid-30s and, like, she didn't have, like, a boyfriend or anything. And, you know, like, just as for maybe you you women can, can relate, but, uh, like, when you're, when you're, when you get to that age and, and um, sort of, like, things in your body, like, are starting to, like, no time out. Uh, there's uh, you. I, I don't know. This is a really simplistic view, like, like what women want. But um, like she, I don't. I think she was kind of typical for a lot of women. Was that she really wanted like a husband? And I was trying to tell her, you know, like you're like you're you're pretty and like you've got a lot to offer. You've got a good job, and you know you're you're sometimes funny and it's, it's, like you'll find someone. But she said, and this was so true. She said, you can't tell me that. You you can't. You, like you don't know that I'm gonna find someone, and it's that's the truth. Is we don't we can't offer these really glib answers or glib like encouragements. I just tell them, you know, look up. Things will get better because honestly, we don't know that we're gonna she's gonna find a husband or someone who's who's been looking for for work. You, we can't tell them. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm sure you'll find something soon. It's those those things are just they may be like well intentioned, but they're not usually very helpful. So, um, and especially like uh, the greatest tragedy, which is death. What can you say? Yeah. You know, um, I feel like um, what uh, what this world cannot say is first of all acknowledge the deep tragedy of death, which Christianity can, because death is the enemy, the ultimate enemy. But it, it can offer no hope, because all what can they say? Oh, I'm sure um, he's in a better place, or mm-hmm. um, something really um, insubstantial like that. But yeah. I think Christianity. Acknowledges the deep tragedy of pain and grief in mm-hmm. his life, but then says it's all going to be weaved into this tapestry of glory. In the yeah, end. yeah. So the Christianity, the gospel, provides us with the most realistic view of everything, right? right. We we the gospel it goes deep into the yeah. depression. Right. It doesn't deny it. Mm-hmm. It all it goes really deep into the future joy in yeah. a way that the world can't even begin to say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. That is uh, so true. Thank you. All right. Um, so what do people do? What do Christians do? We look to Christ. So, uh, Yvonne, I'm going to ask you to read this quote from C.S. Spurgeon. So uh, remember last week I mentioned C.S. Spurgeon, this worldwide famous preacher who's preached thousands and thousands of sermons to millions of people. Um, he suffered from deep, deep depression for the majority of his life. And this is what he writes. Can you read this, please? <clears throat> I am the subject of depressions of spirit so fearful that I hope none of you ever get to such extremes of wretchedness as I go to. But I always get back again by this. I know I trust Christ. I have no reliance but in him. And if he falls, I shall fall with him. But if he does not, I shall not. Because he lives, I shall live also. And I spring to my legs again and fight with my depressions of spirit and my downcastings and get the victory through it. And so may you do, and so you must, for there is no other way of escaping from it. In your most depressed seasons, you are to get joy and peace through believing. Do stick to this, dear friends. Though he slay me, yet I will, yet will I trust in him. All right, thanks. Uh, the final, the final uh, phrase there, though he slay me, yet I will trust him, is from is something that Job said in the Book of Job when he's going through all his, all his uh, stuff in life. Um, but here is this guy who is a like, super spiritual. I mean, like spiritual giant. He's probably more godly than like all of us combined. Um, he knows more than all of us combined. He, like, he he felt this deep, deep depression. He talks about this, the, the the despair that he feels. But what does he do? He looks to Christ. He he looks forward to what is to come. He looks 
he places all his um like everything on him he says like um if i if christ falls i shall fall with him but if he does not then he won't so he realizes that because of the resurrection life that is offered um even in his depression there is still he he can say that uh christ is still worth holding on to so how do we develop that we need to um learn about Christ. We need to learn to love Christ. And this means um, reading the scriptures um, even when you don't feel like it. A lot of the Christian life is doing stuff that you don't feel like. It's, it's this, it, this, this, um, it's this uh, concept of dis- discipline where you discipline yourself to think a certain way. Where if, if you guys have ever uh, been in a relationship, there are times when you're going to go like, I don't want to be with this person. Um, but what do you do? You stick with this person no matter what. And this is a commitment. And in time, you, that, you learn to love that person where even in, in, in the toughest season of that relationship, you go, you know your, 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 your entire body, your entire way of thinking is pointed towards this person. Where you, so you can say, you know, even when things aren't, don't seem like they're working out, I'm still going to hold on to this person. I'm still going to love this person. And this is what we need to develop with Christ, is we learn to know Christ so well. We need to know what he says. We have to to memorize what he says. We have to tell other people about how great he is. And this trains our mind to think about Christ, to look to God for hope, even when everything around us is telling us, no, don't do that. So um, any comments or questions before we get to the practical part? All right. Practical help. So, if you're suffering, I have um, a few things here. There's actually a lot of things. You, a lot of things you guys can look at. Um, I got a lot of these things from this book by Ed Welch called Depression, looking up from the stubborn darkness. And he talks about like, what are the things that could cause uh, depression? Oh, guilt and legalism that causes that failure, shame, fear, death. Um, this res- uh, biblical responses to that. Um, I'm also I also read a book called um, Christians Get Depressed Too by a guy named David Murray. And he just talks about the um, theological and also practical hopes that we have. So, um, so here here are some of the things. So, um, understand your unhealthy thought patterns. If uh, this is if you're suffering from depression, understand your unhealthy thought patterns. So, um, let me give give you an example of this. So, for example, if uh, someone like if if you want to if you come if you're walking by someone like a friend and they don't say hi to you. Uh, your first thought may be, oh, this person is mad at me, or this person hates me. Um, and that sort of like bring, brings you down a little bit. Um, whereas the reality could be this person like may not have seen me, like the sun might have been in their eyes and they didn't see who was walking by them, or they might have been in a rush and they just didn't pay, even see anything that was around them when they were walking. Um, or another one is, um, uh, I'm trying to think of a, uh, well, th- there's an example of a, so, uh, an unhealthy thought where you don't, sometimes we, we make things up in our head. Um, oh, here, uh, for example, um, uh, if I uh, am texting a friend and they don't respond or they respond with like, sort of like a, like a quick answer where, you know, normally they might have an emoji, like a happy face emoji, like heart or something. And you send them something and then they respond with this like very... They either don't respond or they, it's, they respond with a um, very uh, quick uh, text that doesn't really say much. 
we may think, oh my goodness, like this person like doesn't like me anymore, or like you know the relationship is broken. Where it might be the case is that they were in the mountains and they didn't get reception, or they might have been driving and that's all they could text when while while they were driving. Um, one of the really unhealthy things that we can do is the, our first thought is a pessimistic thought, um, where there's no reality behind it, where there's nothing to back it up. So, um, I would actually recommend you guys can borrow this book from me, Depression, where it talks about these unhealthy thought patterns. Um, so that's one of them. Don't isolate yourself. Spend time with people. Uh, I, I know a friend that's depressed, and uh, she first thing she does is when she feels depressed, is she stops going to church. Um, she stops talking to people. Like she won't return calls or emails for like a month. Um, and I, I after in, in time, I realized this is something that she did. So um, I knew that she had to have friends around her. She had to make the effort to be around people. Um, this is another one: set regular sleep schedule and get exercise. So the physical aspect of it is something that we really need to uh, pay attention to. Sometimes it's not all spiritual or mental. It could be just you didn't get a good night's sleep, or it might have been you're so tired from work that, or you're so like work is stressing you out so much that you're only sleeping like four hours a night, and um, you're not exercising, and this could uh, bring us to a point of depression. Um, next one, don't rule out medication. So. A medication actually helps a lot of people. It doesn't help everyone uh, who suffers from depression, but it does help a lot of people. Um, down in Southern California, I had a lot of friends that that were on antidepressants, so and it helped them. And I could actually tell that there was there's a difference when uh, they didn't didn't take it. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah. So um, th- there is some debate as to you know whether or not we sh- Christians should de- take depression because the thought is you know like. If, if this is something that's, uh, if depression is something that's going on in your head, it should be something that you can figure out in your head or, you know, just with um, counseling or, or therapy, uh, maybe that will fix things. But um, medication is not um, wrong. Um, and here's, here's what I say, is because as a result of the fall, every part of, of our body is subject to the fall. So... Someone may, they may, if they have a fever or if they have an infection or something, um, what do we tell them? The first thing we tell them is you should go see a doctor and you should get medicine for it. Whereas emotionally, we think, well, you know, that's just something you can snap out of. So why do you even need to take medication? But, um, and I think this is true. I think that uh, depression is something that is, is a result of the fall. And the same way that we look at a physical ailment like uh, broken broken bones or a fever or, or something, cancer. Um, in the same way, our minds are affected as well. And if medication offers some help for that, I think it is a, it is a viable option. Some people may disagree with that, but... There's a new study, though, saying that um, it's basically like those meds, they just, like all these commercials are all about depression. Mm-hmm. And so now we're all like, oh, something happened wrong. It's like, oh, now I'm depressed. Yeah. Even if it's just something light. And so now there's this new study where um, this guy basically had like had people take placebo and other mm-hmm. antidepressants. They all have the same effect. Yeah. Because it's like it's all. Oh, uh, it all is mental. in the head. Yeah. yeah. And actually, that's a, that's a good point because um, the uh, antidepressants are like the fastest growing. Um, uh, yeah, niche yeah. in the pharmaceutical industry, right? And actually, they're prescribing um, antidepressants for like preschoolers. Mm-hmm. That's one of like the growing markets for antidepressants, and that's crazy, I think, because like, how do you? I'm not saying that it's always wrong, but it does seem really interesting that you know, 
there's a that uh, that such young kids are subject to that. Because we want, I don't know, instant they, gratification. Yeah, yeah, they want quick fix. Yeah, they want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and actually, the I, I I hate I hate 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 the pharmaceutical industry because I like. Um, some things, a lot of things are helpful, but sometimes, sometimes it's all about the uh, Benjamins, right? Um, so that's a, this is a bigger discussion, but I think um, um, medication um, should not be taken lightly. It should be like seriously considered before you take it, but also it's not. It shouldn't be ruled out completely um, because I think it does uh, it does help for a lot of people. I mean, um, they, well, there are conflicting figures. Like some people say, like. It helps about 30% of the people that take it. Other people say it helps about two-thirds of the people that take it. So, uh, I think it's also important to not solely rely on medicine. Yeah. Just like everything else matters. Too. Yeah, it's a multifaceted issue, right? Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Um, find a healthy expression of sadness, depression from media or other people. There are hymns that talk about people being in darkness. They're just so good. People talk about being de um, depressed, <laughs> like read books. It helps to know that you're not alone. Um, so these offer a voice to the feelings that you feel. Explore the world. Get outside of yourself. Um, um, Rich Mullins, a guy that uh, he was he was subject to melancholy sometimes. He's just it was something that uh, that um, he as a uh, he like he was a musician and he uh, died in '97. But he said that one of the things he does is uh, is he he goes around the neighborhood and he learns the names of all the trees. Um, and he, if they're in, insects crawling on them, he learns the names of those insects and he studies those insects. Um, and it's not because he's all that interested in them, but because it tells him that there's something way bigger than himself. So it's really healthy to have hobbies and things that you can pour yourself into where it just takes the focus off of yourself. Um, read about the life of William Cooper. So um, just Google William Cooper, uh, but it's spelled Cowper. Um, and then William Cooper and uh, John Piper, and he has this like, like one-hour sermon on William Cooper. And the story of him is that he suffered from deep, 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 deep depression. <coughs> he was suicidal. At the end of his life, he died thinking that God would send him to hell. But he wrote some of the most beautiful poetry. And these, this was poetry about um, death and doubt and humiliation and being abandoned. Um, but he also understood the gospel. And um, his friend, um, John Newton, the guy that wrote Amazing Grace, he was a pastor to him. He let him stay in his house for, for years and years and years. And he walked with him through that depression. So you can find out more about his life on the Internet. Um, if you know someone who's suffering, um, expect to walk with the person for the long haul. Um, this is something that will take a long time and will exhaust you probably. Um, live life with them. Just, you know, go out eat pizza with them or play tennis with them and watch Batman with them. Um, you don't, you can treat them like a normal person, um, because, uh, they, they are normal people. Um, discern between listening to them and validating unhealthy thought patterns. So it's very helpful to listen to them, to listen to them, talk about things. Um, but if there's something that, if there's something about the way that they're thinking, which is unhealthy, um, it's okay to tell them, Hey, you know, I, don't, I think that you're wrong here. Can I explain to you why? Um, share your own struggles. So I think this is one of the most healthy things is uh, that we don't um, don't just view them as, you know, your special case. The fact, reality of the matter is we all deal with tough things. And it, I think it's so encouraging 
for me at least, when I hear other people share their struggles, I'm like, oh, I'm not alone in this. Um, I'm not a weirdo. Uh, there's someone else that, that is experiencing this, and even if it's not the same thing, I know that they're struggling too, and it's encouraging to see these people um, talk about them and, and walk through them. Um, don't, don't quote Romans 8.28 or Jeremiah 29.11. Um, what I mean by this, it's not wrong to encourage people with Scripture, but it's so easy sometimes, just, just like Michael said, to give them glib answers and say, like, God works all things out for the good of those who love Him. So it's such a good thing that you're depressed right now. It's such a good thing that you're suffering through the grief of losing your mother. That's, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, no, we, we need to be very um, careful with our words. We need to be very gentle and understand that there are really no easy answers to any of life's problems, are there? Like, it doesn't matter what life problem is, there is no easy answer. You don't, you can't just snap your fingers and fix it. Um, so, uh, for the Paul sake says, of weep yeah, with those who weep, right? yeah. So we're supposed to come alongside and cry with them. Yeah, that's that's so true. Like, and what one of the best things we can do if we know that someone is, for example, um, if 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 they just found out that you know their grandmother died or something, is you don't go give them like. Uh, like a little mini sermon on like how great it is that your grandma's dead and is now in heaven um probably the best thing you can do is like bring him like a batch of cookies and like just cry with them you don't even have to say anything um i think that would speak so powerfully to your friendship and the empathy that you have for them um so all right so for the sake of time we're not going to read psalm 30 but I will read this quote by Jared Token from The Return of the King, where Samwise Gamgee, he is in the deepest, darkest pit. He wants to give up. Um, there's nothing in him that wants to go on. But this is what uh, Jared Token writes as Samwise Gamgee is about to give up. But even as hope died in Sam, or seemed to die, it was turned to a new strength. Sam's plain hobbit face grew stern, almost grim as a will hardened in him, and he felt through all his limbs a thrill, as if he was turning into some creature of stone and steel that neither despair nor weariness nor endless barren mouths could subdue. Samwise Gamgee, he continued to hope when everything told him not to hope, and he set his eyes towards the goal. He... he he disciplined every single part of his body to say, I will continue to go on. And for us as Christians, we can say that because we have this great gospel hope is that this is not the end of the story. There is the sun in the morning, even in, in the um, darkest nights, there is hope. And this is what we need to do as Christians is develop this discipline of hoping Hoping is a discipline. We, we train our minds to think this way. We train our bodies to, um, to, uh, to do things that we don't want to do. But in time, we find that as we do that, things become easier. So I'm not saying that depression is easy. It's actually really tough. But um, there is morning. There is daybreak uh, beyond midnight. And if you read Psalm 30, it talks about specifically that. Um, weeping is in the night, but joy comes in the morning. Um, and uh, Ashley, can I have you read this final verse from Isaiah? And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to 
Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy, and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. All right, thanks. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for speaking to us um, about depression, and I, I pray that you would equip us to suffer and, and weep with those who weep, and also for those of us that may suffer this um, now or in the future, that you would, you would, you would just turn our, our hearts into strong hearts that always hope in you, God. So do this, God, and we pray that you would uh, be glorified in our living and also in also the next uh, hour that you would also be glorified as we worship you together as a family. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.